This will be uh, month 46 for those that care to know. Week 198 and hour 140 and 50 minutes. Almighty God, we pray for your blessing this morning. We ask you to uh, clear the airwaves, to fill us with the Spirit of God, to give us uh, composure, to settle our minds, our bodies, our spirits and our souls. We ask you to open up your word to all of us. Uh, with you we can do everything, but without you we can't do a thing. Thank you, Father God, for the last 12 months carrying us through the good times and the bad times, rain or shine. We pray, Almighty God, you'll bless today's recording and uh, service, and of course the breaking of bread in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. amen. <clears throat> so, Psalm 140 is penned by David, as will be Psalm 141, 142, 143, 144, 145, 146, we're not sure, 147, we're not sure. Same is true of 148, 149, and also the final Psalm 150. And uh, just go to Matthew chapter 6, keep your hand there, and go back to Psalm 140. And uh, as always, we will compare the two passages. I don't care much for word studies. I know you're taught that at seminary. If you go to Bible school, I don't care much for word studies. I think the uh, context always defines the correct interpretation, not a word study. 140, Psalm 140, and again, this is a psalm, uh, this is prayer, this is a petition. This would have been sung, not spoken, and yet here we are almost four years going through the book of Psalms, being able to cross-reference uh, these psalms with many, many, many New Testament passages. Because, of course, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, first and foremost. Just a couple of words to throw at you from 140. Evil, uh, evil man, verse 1. Violent man, verse 1. Uh, violent man again in verse 4. Proud in verse 5. Wicked is found twice in verse 8. Mischief is found in verse 9. Evil speaker is found in verse 11. You've got a 13 verse psalm here, originally sung around a thousand years BC, and yet it's loaded with doctrine. This is the reality of the scripture. At first glance, you think it's just a beautiful song, a hymn sung, but no, it's inspired by the Holy Ghost. 140 verse 1 David is the author. Deliver me, O Lord, from the evil man, preserve me from the violent man. Matthew chapter 6. Look at uh, verse 13. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. It's almost verbatim. Deliver me, O Lord, from the evil man, a person. Preserve me from the violent man, which imagine mischiefs, plural, in their heart. See how quick that goes from singular to plural. Continually are they gathered together for war. Imagine there is no heaven. Easy if you try. How about imagining there is a heaven? That's even easier. Or imagine to imagine there is a hell, which is even more devastating. You come across these people that uh, make a buck or two, as the Americans say, using cheap gimmicks and uh, statements like imagine there is no heaven, so on and so forth. They say that, of course, to get 
your eyes off the Lord and unto mankind, which of course is uh, just pointless and futile. Deliver me, O Lord, from the evil man. Preserve me from the violent man, which imagine mischiefs in their hearts. It always goes back to the heart. Your heart is desperately wicked. Thankfully, when you got born again, you got a new heart. Amen. But the struggle had just begun once you were born again. Romans 7 speaks about that in great detail. The struggle, the battle, as I like to refer to it, continually are they gathered together for war. They want to attack the righteous, the upright, uh, found uh, in verse 13. And for today, if you are a Bible-believing Christian, trying to do the right thing at the right time, you will get a lot of pushback not only from the world, but sometimes from the professing church. But of course in type, this is a righteous Jew, no doubt living during the Great Tribulation, surrounded by hostile peoples, like Israel today, surrounded by hostile peoples. And uh, that will never end, of course, until the Prince of Peace returns. They have sharpened their tongues like a serpent. My grandmother used to say to me, you are so sharp, you will cut yourself. A very sharp tongue pitch of arrogance as a young man add his poison is under their lips sealer poison of course is deadly go to romans chapter 3 very briefly you read romans 7 sometime it speaks about a wretched man that i am in the present tense who will live me from this body of sin not what but who but of course is paul explaining his old man, his new man. And you won't really appreciate that until you find yourself having to push yourself to get out of your comfort zone. Then you realize just how powerful the old man is. Romans 3, look at uh, verse 11. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They're all gone out of the way. They're all together. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. This is man in a nutshell. Their throat is an open sepulchre with their tongues. They've used deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace have they not known. What's the reason? There is no fear of God before their eyes. Back to Psalm 140. That is man in a nutshell. And this particular psalm doesn't present man in a positive light he sees himself as a wicked man in fact the following psalm is really clear 141 verse 4 which we'll get to shortly uh three again they have sharpened their tongues like a serpent snake the old serpent in the garden add his poison is under their lips sealer if you get bitten by a snake in the uk chances are you will be safe but in the us not so and uh, this type of a snake is gray or reddish brown it's got a zigzag stripe on its back and if you get bitten in the UK you're told not to panic but at the same time you're told to call for the emergency services straight away don't take a chance this goes back to the uh, seduction of the serpents in the garden which of course is based on false teaching for today a verse 4 keep me O Lord from the hands of the wicked evil man violent man verse 1 wicked verse 4 imagines mischiefs in their heart verse 2 this is building into quite a deep subject keep me O lord from the hands of the wicked preserve me from the violent man 
with purpose to overthrow my goings. That's a pretty clear uh, hint as to what's going on here. Go to the book of Job. I'm reading Job at the moment, and uh, Job is a very unusual book. It's the oldest in the entire Bible. And you've got about three or four people coming together to uh, comfort Job, who was a righteous Gentile, and he's living around the time of Abraham. Give or take a century here or there. We're not sure the exact dates of his existence on the earth. And there's no scripture during his time on the earth. So he's really living by faith, which puts many of us to shame. And in Job 21, we've got some interesting verses to look at this morning. Job 21, 27. Behold, I know your thoughts and the devices which ye wrongfully imagine against me a word imagine for ye say where is the house of the prince of the prince you got two princes in scripture you got the prince of the power of the air and you got the prince of peace and uh, if you're not a bible believer you'd have a tough time delineating both princes and where are the dwelling places of the wicked a word wicked have you not asked them that go by the way and do you not know their tokens that the wicked is reserved to the day of destruction they shall be brought forth to the day of wrath who shall declare his way to his face and who shall repay him what he hath done back to psalm 140 in fact let's just go back to uh, job one more time 21 32 yet, yet shall he be brought to the grave and shall remain in the tomb about Psalm 140 please keep me O Lord my hands of the wicked verse 4 preserve me from the violent man who hath purpose to overthrow my goings I think this is in reference to the Absalom incident of the coup d'etat which we spent a lot of time looking at over the last 12 or 24 months I forget when we did some uh, a particular psalmist which dealt with David's overthrow was of course ended in disaster for Absalom and his uh, colleagues but I think Psalm 140 is speaking in more detail about such an event verse 5 the proud have hit a snare for me and cords they have spread a net by the wayside we say he fell by the wayside they have set gins for me sealer gins like a trap you got a picture here of a poacher trying to trap David. David is like a caged animal who's broken out and he's being hunted. You find that term, the hunter, in the book of Jeremiah. The proud, there's your first uh, clue, have hid a snare for me and cords. They want to bind him, they want to tie him up like they did with uh, Samson. They have spread a net by the wayside, like a net to catch a fish. Or a net to throw over a person to kidnap such a person. They have set gins for me, sealer, more than just one trap. I said unto the Lord, Thou art my God. What would Thomas say, my Lord and my God? Hear the voice of my supplications as more than one, O Lord. He's praying, first of all, for this incident to be put down in Second Samuel 15. We'll get there shortly. He's praying for Absalom to repent, to come to his senses. He's praying for the, uh, the unity of Israel. You think about John 17, the Lord prays for the unity of the church. Uh, Judas had just sold him out, as would Absalom with the lesser David. 
and the greater David is praying for unity of the church, which of course takes place during the resurrection. At verse 7, O God the Lord, the strength of my salvation, thou hast covered my head in the day of battle like an anointing. He's a king, he wears a crown, pretty clear imagery. Grant not, O Lord, the desires of the wicked, that word again, further not his wicked device, his personal pronoun, lest they exalt themselves, sealer, like get puffed up, full of themselves, go to Second Samuel for the cross reference to this, now, there's no specific reference to this, but I'm guessing it's Second uh, Samuel, and uh, in Second Samuel 15, let's try and nail this down as best as we can, Second Samuel 15, look at verse uh, 3, and Absalom said unto him, See, thy matters are good and right, matters of the kingdom, matters of the state. But there is no man, deputy of the king, to hear thee. Deputy prime minister, vice president, if you are in the US. Absalom said moreover, I owe that I were made judge in the land, presumptuous, that every man which hath any suits, we call that a legal suit, or cause, is not a cause, might come unto me. And I would do him justice. Now David is up in years around this time. But he's not yet dead. And the king. The king's son. One of his sons is being presumptuous. Trying to upsurp the throne. Picture of Judas Iscariot. Getting uneasy. Uh, impatient. Uh, the Lord's ministry. He wants the Romans overthrown. He wants the king to establish his kingdom. Which of course will take place. But not just yet. And Absalom. A type of Judas. Is... Uh, about to make the mistake of his life. Five, and it was so that when any man came nigh to him to do him obeisance, 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 there's a picture of being almost on your knees, almost on your face. We say like bowing down, showing reverence. He put forth his hand, like the popes do, and took him, antecedent would be on uh, Absalom, and kissed him. So, you've got two ways of looking at verse five. And it was so that when any man came nigh to him to do him obeisance, obeisance, he put forth his hand, that's Absalom, put his hand out, and took him, took the hand of those that were approaching him to uh, submit themselves to him, and kissed him. So you've got the recipient kissing the hands of Absalom. Of course, we refer to this as the kiss of death, which of course is what is going on here in this particular psalm. Go back to Psalm 140. Let's keep building on this. 140 verse 8. Grant not, O Lord, the desires of the wicked. Further, not his wicked device. Lest they, there's more than one, exalt themselves. Selah. Selah, pronounced differently, means to pause. You listen to a symphony, there's a pause. Like a one bar rest, a two bar rest, a three bar rest. There's a pause now. This is being sung, not spoken. That's the original context of these particular psalms sung in hebrew but of course not greek or english and every orchestra every musical composition i've ever been aware of uh will normally have a pause of some kind or a slowdown or a tempo change but here there's a stop there's a pause sealer just hold it starts again in verse nine as for the head of those that compass me about surround me let the mischief of their own lips cover them back to second samuel uh, same chapter and uh, look at verse uh, 30 
and one told David, saying, Ahathophel is among the conspirators with Absalom. And David said, O Lord, I pray thee turn the counsel of Ahathophel into foolishness. Just turn it on its head and reverse this man's foolishness. Go to chapter 17. Let's see what happens to this man. 1723. And when Ahathophel saw that his counsel was not followed, it was ignored. He saddled his ass and arose and gat him home to his house, to his city, and put his household in order. We use that term today. We say, put your house in order. The doctor says, you got six months to live. Get your house in order. And hanged himself, as would uh, Judas, and died, and was buried in the sepulchre of his father. He backed the wrong horse, as would Judas Iscariot. Back to Psalm 140, please. Look at verse 9 again. As for the head of those that compass me about. So David holds Ahathophel responsible for this conspiracy. Which is partly correct. He was the counsellor. He was the advisor. Uh, he was the man that Absalom would consult. And of course his advice was not taken. He hangs himself. Dies a cursed death. And of course he goes to his own place. As with Judas Iscariot. Let the mischief of their own lips cover them. Their own condemnation. Going back to previous messages, we've spoken about how your words will commend you or how they will condemn you. Look at verse 10. Let burning coals fall upon them. There's more than one. Let them be, uh, let them be cast into the fire, into deep pits, that they rise not up again. There's a picture of hell, fire. Go to Daniel chapter 12 and then go to Romans chapter 12. Uh, yeah, Daniel 12 and uh, Romans 12 scripture scripture is the only way that I really can handle these passages adequately and uh, Daniel 12 which was a very tough book to, to uh, work through this past year 12 look at verse uh, 2 and many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt this is the doctrine of everlasting hell which is mocked and uh, ridiculed by many a people if i go to john 5 and go to romans 12 just very briefly to get the cross reference to all these passages hell fire is a term that uh, jesus christ actually coined no preacher so if you preach hell fire regularly you're called a hell fire preacher and uh, you get laughed at and mocked at mostly by those in christendom but the reality is that Christ preached more about hell than heaven. John 5 and uh, pick it up in 28. Marvel not at this. For the hour is coming in which all that are in the graves, plural, shall hear his voice. His voice, 27, son of man. Jesus' voice, Jesus' voice, of course. And shall come forth, they that have done good uh, unto the resurrection of life. And they that have done evil, evil, violent man, wicked man under the resurrection of damnation now go to romans chapter 12 let's keep building on this in the scripture got many antichrists many types and shadows some are more clear than others and uh, when you come across a clear picture of an antichrist in the old testament he will be revealed further in the new testament uh, i want romans 12 i want 12 i think it's 12 20 for memory uh yeah uh, pick it up actually in verse uh, let's see now verse 17 recompense to no man evil for evil 
this is very New Testament, provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give peace, excuse me, but rather give place, place unto wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine, not yours, I, not you, will repay, saith the Lord. That's a tough one. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, like Absalom, uh, like Ahithophel, and others, feed him, if he thirst, give him drink, for in so doing, thou shalt, thou shalt heap, heap coals of fire on his head. You're told to do the complete opposite to what you were found, what you, what you just found in the Old Testament, which is why you got to study to show yourself approved unto God. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him; if he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, but here's a kicker: thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. That's a picture of a righteous person living on this side of the cross, taking care of an enemy of the cross, not so much. Uh, uh, for his welfare but for yours for your testimony and uh, when he hits the judgment there'll be coals of fire on his head in other words the kinder you are to a lost man or woman the more they're going to be judged at the judgment seat this goes back to not casting your pearls before swine go to philippians 1 i'll give a quick cross reference to this there's a double-edged sword this book uh, you're told to turn the other cheek you're told to go the extra mile you're told to take the cloak or the jacket off your back and give it to somebody who hasn't got one and you're told to turn the other cheeks on and so forth knowing perfectly well that most people will still go to hell anyway and when they hit the judgment there'll be coals of fire on their head philippians 1 another cross reference which pretty much mirrors this 27 only let your conversation that's your conduct that's your speech be as it becometh the gospel of christ you are an ambassador of christ so ship up shape out uh, watch what you say that whether i come and see you or else be absent i may hear of your affairs your affairs how's you getting on what's the latest that you stand fast in one spirit strong firm in one spirit this picture of unity with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel and in nothing terrified by your adversaries going back to Absalom and co if you will for the old testament which is to them an evident token of perdition token proof evidence of perdition damnation but to you of salvation and that of god for unto you it is given in the behalf of christ not only to believe on him there's your grace but also to suffer for his sake that's pretty negative but it's relevant for all of us having the same conflict which ye saw in me i'm always suffering for the cause of christ and now here to be in me just written to you telling you what i'm going through don't be too upset if things go south for you at times you just keep persevering on back to psalm 140 please so david is writing about absalom his uh, son his beloved son his heart breaks when he realizes absalom has died a cursed death which is a type of uh, the greater david israel's everlasting father uh, weeping over Jerusalem again the imagery is just uh, too much to be missed unless of course you don't want to see it 140 verse 11 let not an evil speaker be established in the earth evil shall hunt the violent man to overthrow him Ezekiel 28 please evil violent imagines mischievous thoughts plots and plans to overthrow the righteous 
and uh, spreads rumors is always trying to pull people down uh, Ezekiel 28 and uh, 28 16 yeah by the multitude of thy merchandise they say uh, get your merchandise purchased uh, what do you call that Black Friday uh, Christmas sales New Year sales big business uh, by the multitude of thy merchandise uh, Peter speaks about this also in one of his epistles they have filled the midst of thee with violence and thou hast sinned therefore I will cast thee as profane out to the mountain of God and I will destroy thee O covering cherub from the midst of the stones of fire that of course is the devil being expelled from glory and of course the antichrist is a son of the devil back to 140 verse 11 let not an evil speaker be established in the earth it can't be stopped David it's going to come but you're told to pray for your enemies you're told to turn the other cheek you're told to you're told to pray to be delivered from evil evil shall hunt the violent man to overthrow him you think back over the last maybe two or three hundred years there's been wars that have come onto the uh, come onto the scene sometimes very uh, quickly unexpectedly like vietnam that started very quickly in the late 1950s and uh, nobody really saw it coming i say nobody really saw it coming the average american didn't see it coming and uh, by 1975 76 you've got 55,000 american dead and they've got a plaque up in washington and i've seen it thousands of american names and uh, by mid to late 1970s you've got aircraft carriers american aircraft carriers just pushing off fixed wing aircraft worth about a million dollars each to get more vietnamese onto those american warships to get them uh, to safety Think back to World War One, World War Two. You've got one nation just destroying another nation. Evil shall hunt the violent man to overthrow him. That's where the Lord operates. He'll take one nation to destroy another. He did that uh, with the Babylonians, with the Assyrians. He did that with the Medes and the Persians, so on and so forth. And that's why every war always ends in the same way. There's no real winners. Verse 12. I know that the Lord will maintain cause of the afflicted he certainly will and the rights of the poor go to james chapter 5 all of your works righteous people love the book of james and uh, they are so sure of themselves that their works will play a part in their salvation that they will not accept the grace of god they won't pick out clear passages like he that the son hath life and he that hath not the son of god hath not life but the wrath of god abideth upon him they throw that clear passage out and they go to james uh, chapter 2 and the book of James is a tough book to break down uh, but of course you've got two things going on here in James chapter 2 and if you harmonize James 2 with Romans 4 it's very easy to harmonize the two but I won't explain that this morning uh, James 2 verse uh, 5 hearken my beloved brethren hath not God chosen the poor of this world rich in faith that's a paradox of course and heirs of the kingdom which he had promised to them that love him but you have despised the poor that's your problem do not rich men oppress you and joy before the judgment seats what a cause do they not blaspheme that worthy name by the which you are called go back to Psalm 140 and that's why most Christians are poor and have been throughout the history of the church and those are wealthy will normally support those that are not to allow the kingdom to prosper and get the gospel out and of course if you really live for the lord you'll have no friends 
or very few family members because of course you're always preaching the gospel you're talking about holiness righteousness which is a which is an offense to most backslidden if not all backslidden backslidden people i know the lord will maintain the cause of the afflicted being himself of course and the right of the poor it's pretty humble he refers to himself as being poor and of course the background to this is the uh, dire picture of david having to get out of his kingdom quick smart with his uh, mighty men and a guy comes along starts cursing him and cussing him and throwing rocks and uh, and uh, dirt dust at david and he says you know you you bloody man and this and that son of belial and one of david's men said let me just kill him take off his head says no no let him be let him be let him be you know the lord wants him to do this you know maybe i'm guilty which of course he was going back to uh, not dealing with uh, the Amon incident when of course he raped his half sister 13 surely the righteous shall give thanks unto thy name well, you would hope so the upright shall dwell in thy presence absolutely go to Matthew chapter 25 and uh, in Matthew 25 the Lord has returned to us to uh, to claim his kingdom this is the beginning of the thousand year reign of the Lord Jesus Christ which we are all looking forward to very much and uh, you've got the nations that have been summoned to meet the king and uh, just pick out a couple of verses matthew 25 37 then to the righteous answer him saying lord when saw we thee unhungered and fed thee or thirsty and gave thee drink verse 47 what am i saying uh verse 46 excuse me back about to verse 45 then should he answer them saying verily i say unto you inasmuch as ye did it not to one of these uh, one of these of one of, one of these of these you did it not to me and these should go away into everlasting punishment you cross reference it back to daniel 12 uh, john chapter 5 hell fire but the righteous that's us into life eternal two groups of people two destinations the saved and the unsaved back to the book of psalms please the righteous and the unrighteous the holy the unholy and there's no black and white uh issue when it comes to the saved or the unsaved you are either for the lord or you are against him Psalm 140, 141 david still speaking lord i cry unto thee make haste unto me give unto excuse me give ear unto my voice when i cry unto thee now david is an interesting character he's what we call an alpha male and yet at the same time he's got, he's got a sensitive side to him a very emotional man as was the apostle paul and he's playing the harp which is very unusual for a man to do and at the same time he's able to kill thousands of people there's an in, there's an incident back in uh, uh i think it's first kings or second kings or thereabouts when they say david has killed uh, tens of thousands and saul only killed a few thousand of course it gets back to king saul and he gets pretty upset about that pretty uptight pretty jealous which causes a type he's a type of the antichrist going after david and of course he also dies a cursed death lord i cry unto thee make haste quicken lord uh, make haste unto me give ear unto my voice when i cry unto thee please don't just block me out please spend time listening to me i'm one of your children i've been uh, trying to run from the evil man the violent man 140 verse 1 and uh, this wicked man in verse uh, 4 is uh, proud in verse 5 and he's got this authority he's an evil speaker in the earth but i know you'll take care of the poor in verse 12 and you will maintain the rights uh, the righteous in verse 13 so please listen to me lord in 141 verse 1 uh, verse 2 
Let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense, as incense, like incense, type and shadows, and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Paul told you, lift your hands up, hold your hands without wrath and doubting, evening sacrifice. That of course is around 3 p.m. onwards. Go to the book of Acts, chapter 10. Prayer in the scriptures like incense. And uh, in Acts chapter 10, let's pick it up in verse 1. This is a powerful piece of scripture dealing with the reality that you can be righteous, holy, decent, generous, and still not be saved. This is a real problem for the Catholic Church. Acts 10 verse 1. There was a certain man in Caesarea named Cornelius, a centurion or the band called the Italian band. You've got a Gentile man here who's got about 100 men under his authority and he's from Italy which of course would be uh, where the Romans came from a devout man that's good and one that feared God that's good with all his house how about that which gave much alms to the people he's got money to pass around and prayed to God always and he is not yet saved he saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day an angel of God coming into him and saying unto him Cornelius and when he looked on him, he was afraid, naturally, and said, What is it, Lord? Capital L. And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine arms are come up for a memorial before God. Go back to Psalm 141, verse 2. Let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense, like Cornelius, and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice, as would Cornelius uh, do and uh, perform. And verse 3 said, A watch, O Lord, before my mouth. We say, uh, Watch your mouth. We say, uh, Zip it, buddy. We say, Be careful what you see. Be careful what you say. Keep the door of my lips. In other words, David is saying this. He's saying, I know I can get carried away at times. I know I can be praying and uh, fasting and praising you one moment. The next minute, it's all uh, negative. Going back to Romans chapter 3, elsewhere how every man at his best dates is altogether vanity said a watch O lord before my mouth just watch my mouth lord help me to control my tongue keep the door of my lips watch what i say what i do i'm very conscious about this incline not my heart to any evil thing to practice wicked works with men that work iniquity and let me not eat of their dainties this is a very strict piece of scripture men that work iniquity uh, what does Matthew 7 say? Depart from you that work iniquity. Now, show this works in reverse. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. David was a king, and as a king, he can pick and choose his uh, friends, if you will, the circles that he would move in. And he's saying to the Lord, basically, just restrain me, control me. I know myself. And you've been saved for two or three years, you know what you are like when uh, things get uh, going. Incline, not my heart to any evil thing control my heart to practice wicked works with men that work iniquity we call this separation and let me not eat of their dainties food it's like a picture of a king going to a feast and you've got a three four five course meal all laid out for the king and it's the best food on the menu but these are wicked people they practice mischief work iniquity we call this separation and in 1 Corinthians 10 1 Corinthians 10 let's look at this from a slightly different angle 
Uh, let's pick it up in verse uh, 25. Whatsoever sold in the shambles, there's your wet markets. That eats. Ask no question for conscience sake. First mention of conscience. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. It all belongs to God anyway. If any of you, if any of them that believe not, bid you to a feast, in other words, an unbeliever, invites you to a meal, and he be disposed to go, like willing or eager to go, or perhaps even minded to go, could be a Christmas party at your workplace. Whatsoever set before you eat, asking no question, asking no question for conscience sake. Second time the word conscience appears. But if any man say unto this is offered in sacrifice unto idols, uh, Hindus, Muslims, Sikhs, eat not for his sake that showed it. And for conscience sake, third time, for the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Conscience, I say not thine own, but of the other. The one who's, you know, throwing the party. For why is my liberty judged of another man's conscience? For if by grace, for if I, for if I by grace be a partaker, why am I evil spoken of? For them, for, uh, for that which, for that, for that for which I give thanks. Here we go. Therefore, whatsoever, therefore, excuse me, whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Give none offence neither to the Jews, nor to the Gentiles, nor to the church of God. Even as I please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. That's what a Christian should do on this side of the cross. Goes to the meal. Thank you so much for what's being served. Take it. Don't say no thank you. Eat it for the sake of the conscience of those that are present to get them saved. Because you are an ambassador of Christ. And that, that comes at a price. But the minute they say, let's all bow our heads and pray to Allah, or one of the Hindu gods or the Sikh gods, no thank you, don't want it. And of course that will cause a bit of a stir, but you're doing it for the conscience of those that are giving you the food to get them saved, to convict them. They don't know what they're doing, they are ignorant, as you were once upon a time, as was I. But David is saying, keep me away from these people, 141 verse 4, don't let me eat to their dainties, uh, dainties, dainties, nice food like I say. Uh, and also this is found in Proverbs, I think it's 23. Uh, if you give them to an appetite, uh, puts a knife to your throat. In other, words, don't, in other words, don't overeat when you go into a meal with other people because they'll see you as a glutton and they'll see you as being un unable to control your belly, which Paul says is your God. Uh, verse five, let the righteous smite me. It shall be a kindness and let him reprove me. It shall be an excellent, it shall be an excellent oil which shall not break my head. For yet my prayers also shall be in their calamities. It's a loaded passage. Go to Acts chapter 25. So David takes a very low view of himself before psychiatry became famous in the 1930s. Before uh, uh, Freud moved to London, 1939. Before uh, Jung made his name in Europe. Most people just got on with their lives. They didn't have psychiatrists to go and see and to consult. And uh, you've now got a multi-billion dollar industry. Uh, people like Jordan Peterson and uh, all these people who are charge you a lot of money per hour to let you just talk until the cows come home. And uh, some of your Hollywood celebrities have spent years going back and forth to their psychiatrists. I think Mia Farrow spent 18 years, 18 years yeah. going to a psychiatrist in New York over the Woody Allen incident. Still mixed up. 
and uh, Tina Sinatra spent I think 14 years as with her sister Nancy Sinatra going to psychiatrists in California and uh, you know this is the problem of psychiatry but the point is David said just let the righteous kill me verse 5 it'd be kindness to me let him reprove me it's been excellent oil uh, for my prayer, also, uh, for my prayer also should be in their calamities. That's a pretty powerful statement David is making. He's saying, look, I'm no good anyway. I'm a wicked man. And Paul would echo this in Acts 25, verse 11. For if I be an offender, or committed anything worthy of death, I refuse not to die. Just kill me. But if there be none of these things, well, they accuse me. No man may deliver un no man may deliver me unto them. I appeal, I appeal unto Caesar. Just kill me. This goes back to uh, Romans thirteen, where the authority of the where the state of the authority to take the sword and take off your head, even when you break the law. And here David is already saying, "Let the righteous smite me." Verse five. It shall be a kindness, and let him reprove me. It shall be an excellent oil, which shall not break my head. For yet my prayer also shall be in their calamities. Strange passage, but understand that's in reference to if I've done wrong, fine. Let the righteous kill me. But of course, David was the righteous. He was the Lord's anointed. So it's a strange passage to truly unpack. Look at verse 6. Let's try and build on that one verse. When their judges are overthrown in stony places, they shall hear my words, for they are sweet. So I'll be vindicated. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 16. Now I'll say a couple of things again. The book of Psalms uh, are prayers. So what we don't want to do is teach this is doctrinally relevant for today. Book of Job. Again, a group of men coming together. One is righteous, the other's not so. Trying to work out who this great God is. At that time there's no Old Testament penned. And of course the Lord steps in, end of the book of Job and puts these guys right. Job, of course, is vindicated, but in the book of Psalms, you've got these prayers being sung. It's like the book of Ecclesiastes. You've got one account where Solomon says the dead don't know anything, and of course, the JWs run over there and say, There you are, so there's no hell. Not realizing that, so he's writing about that from the standpoint of a man in a general, a man in a general sense. It's like vain philosophy. This book is a very tricky book, the Old Testament. The Bible in general is a very difficult book to tie down, so be careful if you ever preach through it when their judges are overthrown in, in stony places they shall hear my words for they are sweet bittersweet you find that in the book of uh, Revelation Deuteronomy 16 pick it up in uh, 18 judges and officers shalt thou make thee in all thy gates which the Lord thy God giveth thee throughout thy tribes there's your delegation for today elders in the local church and they shall judge the people with just judgment. At least they should do. Thou shalt not rest judgment. Thou shalt not respect persons. Neither take a gift. There's no bribery that's allowed here. For gift doth blind the eyes of the wise. And pervert the words of the righteous. That's the problem with politics today. Most of your politicians have been bribed. Going back many years. And that's why nothing ever gets done. In Washington, London, Paris or Rome. That which is altogether just shalt thou follow, that thou mayest live and inherit the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. That's as it should be. Go to the book of Judges. And of course Judges ends on the statements of every man did that which was right in his own eyes. There was not a judge. There was not a, a, 
a righteous man presence and of course Judges is a terrible terrible book when everything goes south Judges 7 25 and they took two princes of the of the Midianites Arab and Zeb and they slew Arab upon the rock Arab and Zeb they slew at the wine press of Zeb and pursued Midian and brought the heads of Arab Arab and Zeb to Gideon on the other side Jordan just a complete wipeout going back to when the judges fall the entire nation collapses go back to verse 541 verse 5 let the righteous smite me it shall be a kindness and let him approve me it shall be an excellent oil going back to what Paul said about evil, I don't refuse to die which shall not break my head of course I'll come up in the resurrection for yet my prayer also shall be in their calamities when their judges are overthrown in stony places found back in Judges chapter 7 they should hear my words for they are sweet uh, verse 7 our bones are scattered at the grave's mouth buried or burnt at death as when one cutteth and cleaveth wood upon the earth go to Mark chapter 8 Mark and then go to uh, Matthew chapter 7 Mark 8 Matthew 7 Mark 8 and pick it up in 22 and he and he cometh to Bethsaida and they bring a blind man unto him and besought him to touch him and he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands upon him he asked him if he saw aught and he looked up and said I see men as trees walking this man wasn't always blind so men like trees trees are a type of men okay trees are a type of man go to Matthew chapter 7 and this gets misquoted by many teachers in Matthew chapter 7 to check whether somebody is saved which is not the correct way to interpret Matthew chapter 7 this is in reference to a person's fruit Matthew 7 Jesus speaking pick it up in uh, 15 beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly they are ravening wolves you shall know them by their fruits do men gather grapes of thorns or, or, or figs of thistles even so every good tree bringeth forth good fruit but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit a good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire therefore by their fruits not salvation ye shall know them go back to Psalm 141 so yes you should better spot a faker from a distance and yet it's not as easy as that you can you can find somebody online who walks the walk and talks the talk and says all the right things doesn't believe a word of it doesn't believe a word of it they just say what you want them to say and uh, once you start to realize you've been deceived of course it's many times it's too late but if you can get close to a false prophet or a false teacher you'll know or you should know whether or not they are producing good fruit or bad fruits 141 verse uh, 8 but mine eyes are unto thee O God the Lord in thee is my trust present tense leave not my soul destitute not his literal soul but his well-being keep me from the snares which they have laid for me and the gins are the workers of iniquity go to mark 12 this time double application here 
gins like traps, uh, trickery, and in Mark 12, look at uh, 12 verse 12 verse 13 and they send unto him certain of the Pharisees and the Herodians to catch him trap him catch him in his words go to Luke chapter 11 and uh, look at verse uh pick it up in verse uh, 53 and as he said these things unto them the scribes and the Pharisees began to urge him vehemently and to provoke him to speak of many things when I hang him by his words basically laying wait for him and seeking to catch something out of his mouth that they might accuse him okay back to Psalm 141 verse uh, 9 again Keep me from the snares which they have laid for me, and the gins of the workers of iniquity. There's that word again, workers of iniquity. Go back to the book of Romans very briefly. Let's find the cross reference for this. I think it's chapter 11, uh, when David is speaking about uh, this particular incident or one similar to this. I think it's Romans chapter 11. and uh, let's see now yeah here we go Romans 11 uh, verse uh, 7 what then Israel hath not attained not hath not obtained that which he seeketh for but the election hath obtained it and the rest were blinded According as, it, according as it is written, God hath given them the spirit of slumber, eyes that they should not see, and ears that they should not hear unto this day. And David saith that the table be made a snare, and a trap, and a stumbling block, and a recompense unto them. Let their eyes be darkened, can't even see where they're going, that they may not see, and bow down their back alway. I say then, have they stumbled, that they should fall? God forbid, but rather through the... But rather, their, but rather through their fall salvation is coming to the Gentiles for to provoke them to jealousy that's a pretty damning piece of scripture I'll give you one more while we're here go to Second Thessalonians uh, I think it's chapter 2 to the Jew is under the curse of Jehovah and uh, I think it's Second Thessalonians Second Thessalonians 2 uh, Paul speaks about this as well here we go uh, no make it first uh, Thessalonians and uh, You've got two or three things going on here with the Jews as of today. Uh, you've got uh, the Jews. Here we go. It's first. 
Thessalonians 2. Here we go. Pick it up in uh, pick it up in verse two verse two verse fourteen. For ye brethren became followers of the churches of God which in Judea are in Christ Jesus. For ye also have suffered like things of your own countrymen, even as they have of the Jews, who both killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophets, and have and have and have, and have persecuted us, and they pleased not God, and are contrary to all men, forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles that they might be saved. To fill up their sins alway. For the wrath is come upon them to the uttermost. That entire first generation of Jew that rejected Jesus was just completely obliterated. Went to hell forever back to Psalm 141. And uh, every Jew that's died since the death of Christ, not believing in him, has gone to hell. And the church temporarily has replaced the Jew. But elsewhere it says how one day... All Israel will be saved, but that's got to be qualified in reference to all believing Jews. There's no universal salvation. They've got to believe themselves, and then all Israel will be saved. Okay, that's Psalm 141. And before you, before you uh, allow Jews to call you anti-Semitic for saying that, just quote their own passages, their own prophets. Just remind them about what Jeremiah would say about them, and Ezekiel, and all the other Old Testament prophets, and Samuel. Who read about David and uh, Saul going at one another with uh, with hammers and exposing the sins on both sides? David's sins were exposed, as were Saul's. Uh, Saul's. So don't allow yourself to be put into a corner when uh, religious Jews call you an anti-Semite because you're pointing out these truths. No, you are not. Uh, what do they say? Don't bite that. Don't bite the hand that feeds you. Mm. We pray for the Jew. And if it wasn't for the Americans, Israel would be a third-world nation. Mm. They're under the judgment of God for many different reasons. <clears throat> And one day God will turn back to the Jews and they'll be saved. Don't worry, but for now, we are the people of God. And that's why we preach this type of a message. The apostles preached it. Christ was saying, if you believe I am, you will die in your sins. That included Caiaphas, Annas, the entire Sanhedrin, all the Jewish leaders. It was without exception. And I wish more people had the, the backbone to preach that to the Jews, not be so scared of being called an anti-Semite. Anyway, let the wicked fall into their own nets whilst they withal escape book of esther is a good one for this and then go to uh let's see now i want uh the book of acts and i want uh there's a great dickens film it's actually a book of course uh Called great expectations and uh, we've all been there of course we all expect great things and uh, in the book of Esther there's about two or three accounts I'll just give you one because we're running out of time now uh, go to Esther chapter 7 please and then go to uh, Acts 23 and uh, the background to the Esther account is of course the Jews are under attack they're being picked out by a wicked man a type of the devil of course an antichrist and Esther has been told to play it cool by Mordecai for a period of time and she does and of course it gets so bad that she has to start to speak up for her people 
I'm going to say uh, Esther 7. And uh, when she starts to speak up for her people, uh, it gets quite desperate because, of course, the plan has been put into place to kill all the Jews. And uh, apart from the Christians, neither group has suffered as much since uh, time memorial. And that's why when the Jews suffer, the church suffers as well because we are part of the, part of the, the Jewish roots. That's why a Christian cannot be really cannot really be anti-Semitic. It's an oxymoron. Anyway, Esther chapter seven, and then go to uh, one Acts twenty-three. I think you probably had enough for this morning. <laughs> Esther seven and Acts twenty-three. Let's do Esther first. Esther seven, and uh, let's pick out a few verses just very briefly. Uh, seven. Esther 7 verse uh, 7 And the king arising from the banquet of wine in his wrath went into the palace garden and Haman stood up to make request for his life to Esther the queen for he saw that there was evil determined against him by the king Every time I read this script I always think about the imagery You've got this banquet taking place around the time of Daniel's era uh, captivity and you've got this banquet taking place in Persia modern day Iran and Haman is one of the king's lieutenants and he does the king's uh, deeds and uh, he's been trying to get uh, Mordecai to submit to him which for the New Testament you actually find you'll find in the New Testament the Apostle Paul was more deferential than John the Baptist was and John the Baptist was more deferential than Haman was uh -huh. this book I mean you can't you, you won't find anyone Jew in both testaments that you can really follow the letter I mean, Paul was very uh, deferential when he met kings in the book of uh, Acts. And yet Haman wouldn't even get on his feet. He had told to submit to the powers that be. So in that sense, Haman, excuse me, not Haman, Mordecai is a bit self-righteous. Uh, you're told no power is ordained without God's authority. And you're told to pray for the king supreme and the powers that be. And I guarantee you, if you were in the presence of an American VIP or a British VIP or a European VIP if they walked into the room you'd probably stand up I hope you would do anyway for the conscience sake going back to 1st Corinthians 10 and also to, good, to set a good example that you represent the King of Kings Lord of Lords so on and so forth but Haman uh, is now in a really difficult situation he's fighting for his life and Mordecai is just biding his time I don't really warm much to Mordecai I must admit uh, I don't warm much to Esther either until things really get quite serious here. Uh, Esther 7 still. And uh, let's see now. Pick it up in uh, verse 8. Uh, then the king returned out of the palace garden into the place of the banquet of, uh, banquet, of, banquet of wine. He's had to compose himself. And Haman was fallen upon the bed whereon Esther was. He's probably intoxicated. He's drinking because he's nervous. Then said the king, would he force the queen also before me in the house? He's going to rape her. As the word went out of the king's mouth, they covered Haman's face. That's a really powerful piece of scripture. Uh, look at uh, verse 10. So they hanged Haman on the gallows. They he prepared for Mordecai. Great expectations. Then was the king's, then, then was the king's wrath pacified. So of course the rest is history. Haman's family all get bumped off one by one. All the Gentiles that were rubbing their hands with glee are eliminated one by one. 
pitch or the Muslims probably been eradicated at the second advent. Acts 23, this is a very critical book, the Bible. You can't be impartial if you really take the Bible seriously. Acts 23, uh, let's see now. Pick it up in verse uh, 20. And he said, the Jews have agreed to desire thee that thou wouldest bring down Paul tomorrow into the council. As though they would inquire some, uh, uh, or excuse me, as though they would inquire somewhat of him more perfectly. There's your inquisition. Now the Catholic Church uh, were very good at doing this during the Dark Ages. They would round up men and women and children and interrogate them. They would uh, do awful things, unspeakable things to people, which we won't discuss uh, this morning. It's too early to get into that, really. But they would just torture people to death because they wouldn't accept the Mass or the uh, intercession of the saints, so on and so forth. And he got this group of Jews wanting to uh, interrogate Paul and check him out. 21. But do not thou yield unto them, for there, in for there lie in waits for him of them more than forty men, which have bound themselves with an oath that they will neither eat nor drink till they have killed him. And now are they ready looking for a promise from thee? You got forty men. Uh, die-hard fanatics basically promising to God that they won't eat or drink until they kill him do their jihad on him and of course they don't uh, get their hands on him so they all die they all starve to death Haman was of the opinion that he would one day be second to the king of course he was not great expectations and of course Mordecai becomes second to the king uh, Daniel same sort of a thing they try to trap Daniel in the book of Daniel and of course he isn't as self-righteous as uh, Mordecai very humble man in fact very uh, diplomatic very much like the Apostle Paul and all comes good for him let the wicked fall into their own nets took place with Mordecai took place with the enemies of the Apostle Paul took place with the Pharisees uh, Paul told you that in first uh, uh, Thessalonians chapter 2 we just looked at that whilst that uh, whilst that I would all escape so David was the winner this particular psalm and uh, of course Absalom dies a cursed death Ahithophel hangs himself Judas hangs himself Absalom dies a cursed death as would Judas Iscariot and uh, King Saul dies a cursed death and of course it just builds up to the second advent when Christ comes back uh, in glory to claim his throne so I think we'll close it there two pretty substantial psalms looked at this morning and again not easy to compare or to harmonize with the new testaments but not impossible either because the writer of the old testament wrote the new testament and that's why we take this book very seriously because all scripture is given by inspiration of god and is profitable profitable <coughs> profitable first and foremost for doctrine